Good morning, hello, this is Tim again with another Overcoming Narcissism broadcast. And I realized the last episode was the first part of the uh, satanic panic that took place around the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Um, I realized it kind of went off the rails. First of all, it was over a 40-minute broadcast, which is almost double the length of my prior ones. Well, there's a lot to cover here. But the whole point of me going through this is to indicate this is what happens and you know we're going to go over the history of the panic when unchecked malignant narcissism is allowed to run rampant and this definitely won't be a broadcast indicating why or if we should get rid of uh, religion or become more of an atheistic nation it's more to point out that I guess cult think can exist anywhere but it involves fear see the whole thing about the satanic panic is the people that were drumming up this nonsense were profiting off of it first of all but some of them actually did believe it was true but most of them were profiting it uh, from it michael warnke the guy that i mentioned before he became a multimillionaire. i mean i'm sure at this point most of that is his uh you know he doesn't have it anymore but the point is that they were using fear to entice people or to uh they were using fear to convince people that what they were saying is true and hey you know you don't want to mess around with eternity you know and that's why it was so um it was so easy for people to believe it but it comes down to just not doing this in our everyday lives, not succumbing to fear, not succumbing to groupthink. You know, it's really easy, at least in my case, you know, anxiety feeds into my mania, which then feeds back into my anxiety. And so I end up creating this vortex of horseshit that most of the time I make up in my own head. I don't even have to listen to other people talking nonsense. In fact, I very rarely listen to podcasts it's ironic that i happen to be doing one but i typically don't um and the ones that i do i try not to listen to anything that's controversial because i know how easily how easily swayed i am from the facts because it happened before christ i was in amway for a whole month you know until i actually started looking at the at um their p l and how things are actually calculated it's like, wait a minute, this is an elaborate scam that everyone seems to be in on. It, it, it didn't make a lot of sense to me at the time. But at any rate, I fall for a lot of crazy stuff. And a lot of it is because I'm narcissistic. Because, see, when you're narcissistic, one of the things that's really hard to admit is that you could even possibly be wrong. If I don't think that I'm wrong, then I'm not going to change my views. And if someone uh, states something that's contrary to what I believe... You know, my first instinct is not to listen to what they say, but to immediately try to debunk what they say. And usually they do that using um, logical fallacies, slippery slope fallacies, straw men. There's, there's several logical fallacies that if you just look these up, look up what the logical fallacies are, you'll start to realize, oh my God, this is what I do to myself and this is what other people have done to me. So the whole point of me doing the satanic panic is to see how it relates and to today's current climate and how it can relate to us on an individual level. See, if you tell an individual that there's 
lizard people from the reticulous star system that's eating a chemical that comes out of little children after they're tortured or some crazy horse shit you will probably just think the guy's a loon and you won't believe it however you get on the internet and see these these people that had these conspiracy theories they were few and far between because they didn't have a platform upon which to meet they didn't know about each other well now that's changed and now the crazy people have just as big of a microphone as the scientists do and so how do you separate fact from fiction how do you separate you know what is demonstrable and that which is not so that's the question is how do you determine what's real and what are feels well that's probably a pretty good place to start if someone is trying to relay information to you and they're doing it in an emotional way using hyperbole and and uh, you know getting kind of agitated because of how outraged they are or whatever it is you know that they just discovered you may want to take a step back and th review the stuff without the emotion and more times than not what you find out is it's just not true that it's an exaggeration sometimes completely made up in the case of Mike Warnke not that long ago I was working for a position in which we had uh, people from all walks of life and an older gentleman probably in his 70s I overheard him talking to another man uh, around the same age and he said something to the effect, yeah, you really got to listen to this guy named Michael Warnke. It, it shows you how, you know, how uh, how a person can change. And he, he exposed a lot of the stuff that's going on now. You know, he exposed a lot of the a lot of the, the Satanism and, and how... And he just started going on about all this stuff. And, of course, the guy he was talking to, I don't know if he ever, you know, followed his advice. But this was not even a year ago this was probably six months ago and of course I, I talked to the gentleman when he was alone and, and said you really should look at the cornerstone article on Michael Warnke and he said well you know I, I read that and it was a smear piece it, it's, it's not true and I ended the conversation because I know it's true I read the article there's no I read Michael's rebuttal of, of every allegation and there wasn't a rebuttal he simply said it's not true he simply said that his testimony that he uh, wrote in the Satan seller that it was absolutely accurate but he may have changed he may have changed a few of the the names and locations which actually he didn't that's the thing that brought him down was he got the names of the people that he was with and the, the time frame, he got that right. And they're the ones that, of course, said, no, there's no truth to this at all. He was never a worldwide satanic coven leader. He was never any of this stuff. He was a guy that wanted to use his mouth to earn a living. And he certainly did. To my knowledge, he's still doing it. He, and now, to his credit, he did, he did earn degrees. In fact, I think he has a doctorate in divinity. I don't know where the if it's an accredited university that, that issued it, I didn't go that far into it. But suffice to say, people today, in 2021, still believe that the Satan seller is, is um, nonfiction. And you can't argue against that. 
Because like I said, they don't believe the Satan seller because of evidence. They believe it because of his testimony. I've heard, I used to have his tapes. I had his cassette tapes and his videotapes. And he, um, he, it's very compelling. I mean, if you listen to him, he's not a great comedian. I mean, you know, for a Christian comedian, he's clean. And it's, some of it's some of it's a goofy and absurd. So it, the whole thing was his persona, and I don't mean to keep railing away on Mike Warnke. I just keep I just want to bring back the point that his level of narcissism he's never addressed it. He's never come out in over fifty years. He's never come forward and said, "Yeah, you know, I made all that up." He never did, and he ne- I doubt that he ever will. But. Again, if you haven't read the Cornerstone article regarding Mike Warnke, please do. It's, uh, it's, uh, you know, it explains. And again, these are Christians. These aren't, you know, satanic baby-eating atheists that are um, trying to undermine his, um, his Christian duties. No, they actually, you know, wanted to find out because the dates didn't line up and, and there were other things that didn't line up and you know they started asking questions and what it proved to me was inside of the Christian media empire whether it's bookstores or bands or, or you know whatever they don't really seem to care as long as it brings them money I remember Bob Dylan had an album called Saved that at one point you could buy in a Christian bookstore and it wasn't a pro-Christian album but because it had the word saved in it on it and it, it you know I think he was mocking it it certainly um, got put in the in the bookstores and Warnke stuff the last time I was in a Christian books bookstore you could still find it and this was 10 years I believe after the cornerstone article debuted so if it brings the money they don't seem to be against it which you know kind of flies in the face of being a religious believer in which truth, should be paramount but as we're finding out and this is why certain uh, extreme religious groups tend to attract narcissists is you can you can believe what they believe passionately without having to bother with evidence or proving it to people you just have to get them upset and agitated enough so that they believe you yeah it's disingenuous it's complete and utter horseshit but it works I mean, you don't have to look any further than the last God, four years to know that this works. And um, with that out of the way, I'm going to go ahead and, and finish up the uh, the Satanic Panic um, episode. Okay, so we left off, I believe it was after the McMartin trial, which, by the way, there were some convict. There, there was a conviction in that. Uh, there was a gentleman that did work there that did have a prior child crime on his record, but the accusations, everything was overturned. I mean, after they destroyed their building and their name, and the the Christian businessmen that funded a lot of this stuff, you know, you, they didn't get their business back. They didn't get their name back after all of the. the for as long as this trial went on, they found nothing. But again, all that you have to do if you're involved in some kind of occult panic, like the satanic panic, all you have to do is make an accusation. It's what they did during the, the burning times. They, um, All that you had to do was accuse someone, and then the accused had to prove that they weren't a witch. 
that's kind of where we're at where we're at in uh, <clears throat> in the satanic panic so there's an interesting um, what was happening now in, in, in this in, during this time in the country is people were coming out of the woodwork calling themselves experts and, you know I keep going on about Michael Warnke but he was he was the, the, the biggest well-known expert in the field but there were also people that were coming out uh, and so they thought this was a big crime wave sweep in the country the world actually but specifically here in the states and so they started to have ritual satanic ritual crime seminars these were classes aimed at law enforcement authorities and taught mostly by other police officers um, or law enforcement officers uh, therapists preachers and uh, other born-again Christians claiming to be former um, they were either former high priests or priestesses in these satanic groups or they were escapees that I mean these the testimonies of these people first of all it never happened I'm not saying that people were never kidnapped and tortured of course that happens and it's awful but to suggest that it's a global worldwide conspiracy that involves the Pope and the president and everyone at the top all the way down to the you know to the homeless person what no there's been no evidence of that and I'm gonna go into that further but the zealotry never resulted in any in any evidence that these uh, sadistic ritual torture cults ever existed so it was basically a 20th century witch hunt people were accused and their lives were ruined they weren't tortured and killed but they may as well have been I mean if you have your life and your family name completely ruined because it's association with anything to do with harming a child you're finished you're done if you you know if you end up going to prison and it had to do something to do with the child you're done man you know you're finished you there unless they put you in isolation you're going to get marked and then you're going to get shanked so you don't want to it's 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 insane to think that but you know what's the worst thing we can think of what's the thing that's going to to make us um, fear the worst well the the innocents being harmed and who are the innocents children of course babies children uh, you know people that don't have anyone runaways um, these people were the ones that were supposedly abducted and rounded up and used by cults by satanic cults I should say um, you know typically so they were murdered and, and they, they they supposedly they uh, bled them but there was another subsect of the satanic panic that didn't really get much traction it was on a lot of the trash shows but kind of sporadically uh, Sally Jesse Raphael I believe had one of these people on and I'm sure Geraldo Rivera did they were called breeders and supposedly some women that were a part of these groups whether willingly through generational Satanism devil worship or whether they I don't know were abducted and made to do this their intention or their their purpose was to become pregnant repeatedly deliver live births and then since the babies would be delivered in their compounds or some of the there were there were beliefs that there were doctors and nurses involved in this satanic devil worshiping cult so they would 
deliver the baby and there would be no record of it so then you could do what you wanted to with it it was kind of the you know and the, saying that makes me feel dirty and gross and disgusting because i told people that this was real i believed it too and there's been zero evidence that anyone has ever voluntarily or involuntarily been made to produce babies for the purpose of snuff films or sacrifice or whatever horrific thing you can imagine. And that's an important point I want to bring up. These testimonies from these escaped cultists or these cult leaders, they're suspect in that... Um, these testimonies were oftentimes so utterly horrific and unimaginably awful, but they never happened. I mean, there wasn't even any uh, art to draw on. I mean, you know, if, if, a, if, if they started saying that uh, Satanism is creating serial killers dressed in hockey masks, you could at least say, well, you know, they're mimicking that from... Friday the 13th or some other slasher movie. But these testimonies were so mind-bogglingly awful. I've read some of this stuff and it changed me. Just I've never seen descriptions like this before. The, the descriptions of these, these testimonies of these people, of things that never even happened. So that means they had to create this whole cloth. They invented this. The sicknesses in their heads, the ones that come out and say... You know, I did X. I, you know, Michael Warnke, going back to him again, he said he never engaged in the illegal activities, being, you know, the leader of a 1,500-member group. Apparently, they didn't need to see any proof that he was going to do anything illegal. Anyway, he called for rapes of women, but he said he never actually performed them. But he was present during sacrifices of living human beings, which, of course, if that were true, would make him an accessory to murder since there's no statute of limitations on murder like there is for rape and some other crimes. But, you know, once again, no evidence that this ever happened. It's just, you're thinking, well, wait a minute. I read Dead Air by Bob Larson, one of the radio, uh, Christian radio hosts that uh, was syndicated out of Denver, Colorado, and he or Boulder, Colorado, and it was a horrible book. It, it was it was uh, it was slammed by other Christians as being Christian porn, and it kind of was. I mean, it was absolute. The descriptions of, of things that happened to the people in the story was absolutely insane. But that came from him. These testimonies came from the sick individuals that wanted to create lies in order to get you to believe it. I mean, the one thing about Warnke is if their donations were down from city to city, his wife told him, his wife told him to tell the Jeffy story. And there was a little boy, according to the testimony, had a bunch of horrible crap happen to him, to him and, you know, he was a sweet little boy and, you know, won't you please and so the whole idea behind Jeffy was his testimony and what happened to this poor boy was so awful and horrific that Michael would tell the story before they, you know, took up the offering. You know, do you want to help us 
help other kids like Jeffy. We didn't have the funds back then, but if you give right now, we'll be sure to rescue all the Jeffies in the world. There were no Jeffies in the world. Now, again, don't get me wrong. I know that there are children out there that have been in abusive situations, and I know that some people generally suck, and they're so broken that they can't help but pass on their own broken bullshit onto other people, sometimes their own kids, and of course that's wrong. They should be buried under the prison. There's no excuse for any of that. But it's not a it's not it's not a global, worldwide, or even a national or even a local thing. These are individual people suffering from severe mental psychoses and you know, there's no evil, at least from an external source, that's compelling them to do this. We don't have to look very far to find evil. We look, we can look inside and then try to purge it, get rid of it. And that's kind of what I'm trying to do here with, with this narcissism broadcast, is if we can learn as people to not snap at people when they ask us a question, not to be defensive, not to be distrustful and paranoid, you know, not think that, you know, otherism, that there's, there's us and them. Anytime you have that type of a divide, whether it's through satanic panic cult speak or political cult speak or whatever, when you have that div division, how can you expect to, to reunite? How, there can't be unity if you think that the other side is trying to abduct your children to extract you know, immortality uh, proteins from them. I, I, it's a QAnon thing. It's really kind of crazy if you read it. But there was no Jeffy. There was only the opportunistic, narcissistic people bereft of any sort of moral center or any moral compass. And they just... I think they actually made themselves believe it at one point. But... Just like in the McMartin preschool case, they raised that preschool down to the ground because the tunnels were supposed to be under the preschool. Christian businessmen um, paid to have it excavated. They didn't find a single tunnel because the testimonies of the kids during this, uh, that led to the trial were coerced at best and completely made up at other times. So. There was nothing to this. And if we look at every single case uh, during the Satanic Panic, I remember when I was a believer and I heard about the West Memphis Three. It's like, aha, see, they're starting to let their guard down. This is just a small group of them, but they're going to lead us to the bigger prey. As we found out, the West Memphis Three had nothing to do with those little boys dying. Not a thing about it. They only looked like they did. I mean, I think the one guy listened to Marilyn Manson. He had long hair and wore concert t-shirts. And he laughed during the trial because he thought it was a joke. He thought, we didn't murder anybody. What the hell? They went to prison. And it wasn't until several celebrities actually started looking into this that had the money and the funds to hire lawyers and get this overturned. They would still be in prison if it wasn't for that. So truth won out. Now, they never did find the, the guilty parties. But they knew that it wasn't these three boys. It's just the judge at the time was a believer. And so it's it's a problem. If, if you let your personal faith cloud what's really happening in the world, and it does so that it appears to be 
in conflict with reality, you should really look at your faith because believing something no matter what is kind of silly, isn't it? And again, it feeds back into narcissism. I thought that I was a humble Christian when I was a believer, and I really wasn't. I was um, I was egotistical as hell, and it, it led it, evangelical Christianity fed into my narcissism. I mean, on one hand, I was terrified of not being loved, and that I wasn't ever supposed to be here. I wasn't a planned birth. You know, there were there were a lot of things that were conspiring against me. But I didn't have to look at life that way. It's just I thought, well, God, if I'm not supposed to be here, then life is nothing but suffering for me, and that's why I lived most of my life up until my um, mid-40s, was I believed that life was suffering. And that, you know, I wasn't supposed to be here and this is just some kind of cruel cosmic joke on me. What the fuck? What? And of course, now I think back on that. I thought, why would I think that? Well, there's no logical reason, which brings me back to my point about the satanic panic and what's kind of happening now in this country is... Logic didn't lead you to where you're at. If, if you're in a, in a narcissistic state of mind and you think that, you know, everyone's against you and that, that you know, you're right, it's just that people don't pay attention to you, people aren't listening to you, but if they did, they would see that you're right and you would finally be vindicated, finally be validated. You know, all of this... We, we need to be validated, but we don't have to go through it this way. We don't have to use emotion to do it. We don't have to use guilt, any, any manipulative tactics. You don't have to do it. If someone in your life really loves you, they love you. You don't have to keep making them love you. I mean, obviously, you need to keep cultivating the relationship. But what I mean is, you can drop the pretense. If 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 you, if you think someone likes you because I don't know, let's say you have money or whatever, whatever reason you think, I don't know. You may want to look at that again, because a lot of times logic does not lead people to where they end up, and if if they end up following, you know, a belief or a a movement that's based on emotion rather than than what's real. And don't get me wrong, we need emotions. I'm not trying I, I I'm not saying that being stoic 100% of the time is what you need to do, but if you suffer from narcissism and you know, you're not impervious to to falling down the rabbit hole and into some crazy shit, you might want to take a step back. And um, you know, practically speaking, write down what it is that you believe and do the research. Don't even use the internet. I mean, if it's, it, it, it's, it's fast and easy, but... See, before the internet, you had to get published if you, someone wanted to read something of yours, and you couldn't get published if you were, you know, a crazy, ranting loon most of the time. Um, but now, Anybody can throw up a blog or a website or a text or a, a tweet or whatever and just say whatever bullshit they want to say. And if somebody out there, you know, is used to looking at certain trigger words, you're like, well, wait a minute, I believe that. You may not believe all of that. You just may believe some of it, but now you're being drug along. And that's how some of these people that end up doing crazy stuff when they're caught, you know, like 
invading the Capitol, then when they're caught, they don't want to take personal responsibility for it. It's like, well, wait a minute. I was told to do this. I was led to do this. Hold on a minute. What's going on? What, what did I just do? I can't believe I did this. Yeah, but in the heat of the moment, you did. Okay, so I'm going to get on with the satanic panic um, uh, information. I, I, I did just finish, uh, I want to make a correction. The West Memphis Three, they were exonerated after DNA evidence um, proved that they were innocent. Although they did spend a total of 21, or I'm sorry, 18 years in prison. Imagine being a, a, a teenager, um, early, a young adult, and those formative years are now spent in prison because someone uh, well, accused you of something. In 1992, the Department of Justice debunked the myth of ritualistic satanic uh, child abuse, at least within a cult setting. And uh, even though these accusations pretty much started dying out by the mid-90s, they were still putting out, as of 94, police training videos, the law enforcement guide to satanic cults. And, yeah, it's not as prevalent as it was, but that otherism, we just have to put a different label on it. You know, it used to be communists and, you know, became devil worshippers or Satanists, and now it's, you know, liberals or socialists or whatever. But the idea is that if you're insecure, which if you're a narcissist you are, you can't believe that, you know, your life sucks because of something that you did. It's got to be something that's conspiring against you, which again is just simply not true. And just to show you that this type of uh, fear still pops up today. In 2015, Amanda Knox was eventually exonerated by an Italian Supreme Court, by the Italian Supreme Court. Uh, she was accused of murdering her roommate in an occult ritual, despite the fact that she had no known ties to anything occultic, satanic, anything that had to do with symbols or anything like that. But the overzealous prosecutor was convinced that she was part of this uh, child-murdering cabal. In 2014, oh, I'm sorry, uh, shortly after 2014, there was a Netflix documentary that appeared, uh, Who Took Johnny, which is supposed to be about another. It's, it's, it's supposed to, they're trying to bring back the discred already discredited child prostitution ring case from the 80s. They're, they've already debunked it, but it doesn't matter. Um, people are still going to believe what they want to believe. And if you're a narcissist, it's easy to fall into this trap. So, time for some practical advice on this before, you know, I might come back later to the Satanic Panic um, series. If I do, though, it's going to be centered on specific people because it was just, it's incredible how these people that lied about their testimonies, the Joanna Michelsons, the Michael Warnkeys, uh, that these, there was no evidence. They only, they only asked the Christians to believe them and they simply did. And so that led me, actually, the whole satanic panic thing, after going through it and seeing what it really was, that started getting me 
got me to the point where I questioned a lot of things in regards to my faith. And it was one of the reasons why I started, uh, why I eventually left, was I realized it's entirely based on making yourself believe something, which that is what faith is. And I probably will do a episode on faith if anyone wants to hear that. But I'm not saying that faith is a bad thing, but it can be a bad thing. If you convince yourself to believe in something that isn't true, then that's pretty damn dangerous. I mean, you can convince yourself that gravity doesn't exist or that we're living in the Matrix. And I've actually read where people thought that after the Matrix came out that we were living in a simulation and that all you had to do was, you know, believe really hard and jump off of a building and you'd be able to fly. Well, of course, no one has been able to do that because whether we're in a simulation or not, gravity seems to be something that we're pretty much bound to. We can't decide to just turn it off. And in the same way, we should never turn off our intellect or our powers of reasoning. We should never turn off our um, ability to think critically. And that's the practical advice. Learn how to think critically. And it sounds negative, but thinking critically just means, you know, you're examining what you're being told. You're examining what you're taking in. And we should do that. I mean, ultimately, people that are uh, giving information, it should be checked on the front end and the back end. And their sources should all be checked. But you got to understand, especially with the Internet today, news happens so fast. Things are being reported so fast. And even in the days of just newspaper... They would print retractions if they were wrong, but it was usually on the back. It, it wasn't on the front page, because why would it be? It's not news. So in order to make a news story now, all you have to do is make a clickbait story. Just make someone, you know, oh, God, this is outrageous. i got to read what this is about. Well, yeah, but just take a step back, because, you know, that's the one thing that I can say that led me to, down many crazy roads was thinking that, there was some conspiracy against me, against my family, against whatever the church I happen to belong to. Um, I made a lot of my own craziness, but again, I also had to learn that what I believed at the time was utter and complete bullshit, which that's hard to do. When you come face to face with your with the, the understanding that the way that you've lived your life up until that point has been based on bullshit... A lot of people don't, they can't handle that. They end up saying, well, you know what? No, that's not true. You're the one that's wrong, not me. Well, and so when you start getting into that, then you're not debating facts and evidence. You're not doing that at all. You're just, well, you're pontificating, you're preaching. You're just yelling, you know. I remember a bumper sticker, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Well, that's the end of discussion. There's no debate at that point, so... Learn how to think critically if, if you haven't, uh, you know, really dived into that. Learn what logical fallacies are and uh, how to overcome them, how to not make them yourself. And, uh, yeah, hopefully um, hopefully you're doing better. I, I'm doing better. I crashed a couple of times um, over the last uh, two weeks. And, um, at, at, you know what, anxiety, being out of work, um, it's not very, it's not helping matters right now, so... Yeah, I I can see um, I can see that you know I fell and I'm trying to do better to pick myself up again and I'm being positive again. So 
it's not the end of the world. When uh, when things seem to go bad in my mind, it's it, it seems to be permanent. At least that's my perception, which it almost never is. But let me know how you're doing out there. Message me, however, and uh, you know I'll, I'll read viewer, I'll read listener comments if you post any. And um, this is Tim signing off. Hope that you have a great day.